was spending some time with the Lord this week, and uh, he he was talking to be, Matt, blah, blah, he was talking to me about yolks. Now that's not an egg yolk. That is uh, a yolk that you uh, you know, like a ox or a yeah, mostly an ox. I'm trying to think who else has yolks, but that is put a, put put on an ox's shoulders, and it's like I wanted to have a picture. You know, they're quite big. They're quite heavy. I don't think I could actually pick up a yoke. Um, they, they have um, harnesses attached to them and they grow, go across the ox's shoulders. It's usually they go on two and the ox carries it and it's like weighs them down and they have to pull, pull what, the plough or whatever is, is um, behind the yoke. So it's, a yoke is a heavy thing. It's a weight and it um, means you're under control. Um, whoever is the master who's put that yoke on you is in control and you have to go and you have to, where they, they say you're in servitude. And uh, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about yokes and uh, Chantal and I were actually having this little conversation, it came from her um, geography studies, about um, what it means to be a girl in Australia and um, we chatted about what it meant for her and and she was like and then we talked about what it meant for other girls in other places of the world to be a girl that you know um that they get married off very young that they don't get choices that even if they want to have an education sometimes they're not able to be because they're a female um economical economic kind of um yokes on them that they don't get choices and she uh, realized how blessed she was to be a girl in australia which is always a good thing and um, we talked about that it's actually our responsibility to pray for those other girls in other places that don't have the choices and opportunities that we just take for granted. You know, sometimes we don't want to do ed- education or we don't want to go to work or we don't want to do this and don't want to do that. But we have, su- we have such opportunity and we don't have some of the yoke, some of the weight, some of the freedoms taken off us and we need to value that and protect it and... Uh, I'm going to give my little voting spiel. The girls are going to go, oh, no. But, you know, if you've read, the, read about the suffragette movement or, or um, with the elections coming up, that there's places in the world where there's not the freedom to vote. There's not the freedom to have your say. So it's something that is actually a massive blessing and a privilege to us that we don't take for granted. And if you're a girl or you have a daughter, get them to watch the suffragette because, um, you know, these ladies back in the early late 1800s and early 1900s that fought for our rights to be able to vote. So, um, but we talked about that. And we talked about that we actually need to pray and, and protect our freedoms. But it's not just about those things. It's about our freedom that God has given us too. And it got me thinking about that and the ability that we have for freedom and choice. And um, the Bible says in um, John chapter 8, verse 36, it says that if the Son, Jesus, sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And that freedom is a gift from God. So if Jesus sets us free, we are free indeed. And then in Galatians 5, verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty and the freedom by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The whole purpose that Jesus came was to give us back our freedom, our freedom of choice, our liberty, that we're not again under the yoke of slavery of sin, that we're not in bondage anymore. So God takes freedom very, very seriously. 
And he doesn't want us to be under yokes of bondage. And even when Je- all that Jesus has done, he died on the cross, he rose again. He says, who I have set free is free indeed. But if we don't appropriate that into our own circumstances, if we don't take hold of all that he has done for us, then the devil will come and steal it. If you don't take hold of your Christmas presents under the tree, I tell you what, in my house, somebody else will open it up for you. Yeah, if you don't take your gift, somebody's going to take it for you. And the devil, he will try and steal our stuff. You know, he starts as a serpent, a little slithery thing on the ground in Genesis, and he's a dragon in his revelation. Why do you think that is? Because from Genesis to Revelation, he's busy stealing our stuff. And he's busy trying to put us under the yoke of bondage. And so when we look at our life, we've got to be honest and go, where has he been stealing our stuff? Because the devil, from the very beginning, has been out to steal from us. You know, John chapter 10, 10, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible says that the devil, the thief, comes to steal, to kill, to rob and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come to give you abundant, overflowing life. The whole plan of the enemy in our life is to steal from us, to to kill from us, and to destroy what God wants to give us. And his plan is to stick yokes of bondage on us. You know, when you first come to Jesus and you ask him into our hearts, from that moment on, you're free. But you have to walk out your freedom. We have to walk it out because if we don't, we just, you know, it's like we've been given the victory. And if you don't walk out with your victory flag, then the enemy's going to come back and, and make camp in that area, aren't they? You know, if you're in a battle and they don't take the land, then what happens? The land gets taken from them. And it's the same for us. We've got to walk out our freedom. Um, There's some scriptures I wanted to share with you that Jesus has come to destroy the devil's work. And these are good ones to write down because when you're ever thinking, am I under stuff, just get a little bit feisty. You know, if we're we're complacent or we sit back, that's when we're going to run into trouble. We actually have to be on the offensive. We're not meant to be on the defensive because Jesus has set us free. So 1 John 3 verse 8 says the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The reason Jesus came is to destroy the works of the devil. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says Jesus stood up in the synagogue and was one of the first things he did publicly and he stood up and he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's the Holy Spirit is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. For the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. To set the oppressed free. That's Jesus came to do that. He's come to do that for each one of us. Where you know that you are not set free in areas of life, Jesus says, I have set you free. Now walk out in it. And I'm going to talk about how we do that in a minute. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Did you catch that word? Healing all who oppressed. That means that sickness is an oppression from the devil. Don't tell me that it's something God sends to test us or to cause us to be better people or to grow us in character. I'm going to stand up now because this just gets me feisty. I hate hearing that people say, well, somebody, God sends cancer, you know, and we've just got to come under it. And that's just God trying to teach us something. Or you've got some other stinking disease from the pit of hell. And that's just God trying to test you something, test you in something. And grow you 
Look what it says in Luke chapter and John Acts chapter 10 verse 38. It says, Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. That means that sickness is an oppression. So don't get fooled. And you've got to get up on the inside and fight it. You know, when you've been given ground, when you've been given something, don't just sit back and do nothing about it because the enemy will come and try and get on your territory. When there is a lack, where there is an oppression, where there is a yoke upon us, we've got to stand up on the inside and say, that doesn't sound like God to me. That doesn't sound like God to me. Think about it. If you are walking fully in the freedom Jesus has given you, If you are walking fully in the freedom, who the Son sets free is free indeed because Jesus says you're free. But if you are walking in it, because we've got to walk in it, we've got to get up and do something, appropriate what he's done for us already and enjoy the ability to choose in every area of our life how different would our lives be. If we are walking in all the freedom with no yokes of oppression, no yokes of sickness, no yokes of lack, and financial stress, no yokes of relationship problems, no yokes of the past. How different would our lives be when we're no longer hemmed in in our horizons but instead have room to breathe and space around us? You know, sometimes a yoke of oppression where the enemy's coming at us that you know that this isn't God's plan for you, that he says, I came to give you hope and life abundant and a future. And you know that what is in front of you is not what God wants for you. When you feel hemmed in and you need breathing space, that God, you know, that, that's where we've got to take notice of what's going on because we can get used to a yoke. We can get used to having a sickness. We can get used to having financial problems. It's just always been that way. It was always that way for my family. It's just the way it is. It's the way of the world. Well, Jesus says we've been set free from the ways of the world. You know, it's always our way that we have this going on in our family. Or I always get this during winter. Wake up to the yokes that have been on you. What is it that pulls you down and oppresses you and is a weight on your shoulders? Because we get used to carrying that. We just shoulder it and we don't realise till God lifts it off how heavy that weight was on us. You know, when I've been set free from things, I go, oh, I didn't realise how much weight was on me. You know, you talk to somebody that's been carrying an extra, or, you know, or somebody that's had a baby, and, you know, they've been walking around carrying 20 or 30 kilos extra weight. That's a very big baby, but um, <laughs> it's all the extra. I never, yeah, anyway, <laughs> you get my point. If you've been carrying away, or you've been carrying a backpack, and you take, and you just, you know, you just shoulder it, and you, you just carry it, don't you? But when you let that go, when that weight comes off or you have that baby or you drop that weight, then you you realise just how much you were carrying and how much lighter and how much energy you have. And that's what it's like with the yoke of oppression that the enemy tries to put on us and we get used to carrying it. But God says, I don't want you to carry that. He actually says his yoke is easy and light. He has a yoke of us wanting to be able to share the gospel. He wants us, he has a yoke that he puts on us that he wants us to go out into all the world. That's his yoke. And it's easy and light. Light and easy. Yeah? 
it's like it's easy to carry. When you feel a weight come on you, even in, in your Christian circles, you can have weights put on you, expectation put on you, and it becomes a weight and it doesn't sit right. Have a check what it is because sometimes religion can do that to you. You know, there's weights on you and you're not free. We've had that. There's this weight here. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You're expected to do this. You know, even as a, as a pastor or as a woman pastor, it's even worse, you know, or as a mother or as a father or as a son or brother, you have weights put on you of expectation. Check where those weights are coming from because if they are yokes of oppression. If they make you feel pulled down, if they don't make you feel light and easy, then you check where they're coming from. We can carry yokes that we have carried all our life and we don't realise that they're actually not God-given that they're not weights that he ever asked us to carry. And the devil is sneaky and he will deceive us with things that look okay and really they're not. Think about if you are walking fully in the freedom Jesus has given us, how much more breathing space and freedom and abundance you would have. Now, Sometimes that's hard because then we're confronted with, oh, I'm carrying a lot more than I should and now what do I do? Some things are just not right in our lives. And it is like a yoke on our neck and we are limited. And if you read through the Bible, there's actually quite a lot of scriptures that talk about yokes. So I've been looking at them because the Lord has actually, he, he confronted me. Um, I don't know if some of you might have been reading my blog and I talked about my morning pages. And every morning, um, usually every morning, I, I write down for three pages all the things that are going around in my head. And I write down for three pages flat tack. And it's amazing what comes out of your head, <laughs> you know, and it, but it's made me be clearer and then God has started to speak and he's going, there's a yoke there, you've just been putting up with that, where does this expectation come from? Because when we start to think about what we're thinking about, you realise what's going on in your head. You know, we go along all our day, all our lives with this stuff whirring around in our thought processes and we don't catch hold of a lot of them. When you have to write down something of what you're actually thinking every morning when you wake up, you might be surprised what's in your head. And some of it is straight from the pit. Some of it is stinking thinking and God wants to lift those things off. So I encourage you, if you're not doing morning pages, write down for a week. Try it out. Three pages, first thing in the morning, you know, depending on how fast you write, see how you go. The boys sometimes tell me, Mum, I can only write half a page, but, you know, just see how you go. (laughs) It's easy. I have a very busy brain. <laughs> but, but just to write down what's in your head because there you'll see some yokes. There you'll see, oh, I'm concerned about this. Or, oh, I hope this happens. Or, oh, I've got to do this. Or, oh, I've got to be here. I've got to do that. Expectation on you. And you'll hear what God is trying to say to you. Of, Actually, this is what I want you to do today. Flick that off. Or you don't have to worry about that. Flick that off. Or this is what I want you to do today. Because his yoke is easy and light. I wanted to just talk to you from Isaiah. If you can turn with me on your phones or your gadgets. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. It's in your middle of your Bibles. Just after Proverbs. Verse 
I'm going to do a little bit of Hebrew teaching for a sec because, you know, it's good to understand the Word of God and understand how we're meant to apply it. So Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, it says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. That's what the King James says about our new King James. But I want us to just look at this scripture in the Hebrew text because... The original Hebrew, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the shaman. That's the actual Hebrew word, shaman. What does the word shaman mean? So the New King James translators, who are, and often some of your translations might say this, is it said that it's equivalent to oil. But I've actually just tweaked a word there and they just presumed that it meant oil when actually shaman means fat. It says the yoke will be broken off and in the new NIV it says it probably better, they get a better. It's just that it's not wrong but this is a better translation of it. It says in that day their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck, the yoke will be broken off because you have grown so fat. Now I'll explain how the translators got to oil but I actually think that's pretty cool that you realize you're so fat. Now i explain why that means it. The word actually there is fat, that, you, that your yoke will be broken off because you have grown so fat. Now keep with me. What then is the text actually saying? It's best to understand that word as fatness, which would produce a literal translation, the yoke will be, just, will be destroyed because you have grown fat. So get the picture. Here's an ox with a yoke on its neck, it's slaving it to the will of his master, forcing it to a life of servitude. But eventually it gets so healthy and fat that the yoke simply bursts from its neck. The ox is now free. And that's what that scripture means. Now, how does that happen? In the same way when we found ourselves bound or oppressed or beaten into submission by the enemy, well, you may have been struggling with a sickness. You've been struggling with a habit you know is not what God wants for you. Been struggling with financial lack or just pressure, oppression. You know that it is not from God. You've got stress in your family, extended family, drama all the time. That is a yoke of oppression because Jesus says, I have come to give you full and abundant overflowing life and the devil has come to kill and rob and destroy from you. He says, Jesus says, I have come to give you a hope and a future. I know the plans I have for you. He has a way through. He says, I will teach you the way to profit. I'll teach you how to be prosperous and I will bless you in the land I've given you. That's all what God has for us. When we see that there is an oppressive thing coming against us, we know that's from the devil's camp. And we've got to wake up to it because we can get used to carrying it. We can get used to the family dramas, can't we? Come on now. We get used to the Christmas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we get used to it. We get used to when we walk in the door that there's going to be mayhem at five o'clock. Yeah? We get used to strife. We get used to lack. We get used to sickness. And that is the yoke of the devil upon us. And God says he wants to break that off. And he says the way to do it is you grow fat. So here's how you grow fat in God's economy. He says that you feed, you, grow, you break the yoke off, we must feed our spirits day and night. Find everything you can get your hands on that relates to that yoke that is on you. 
Research it out. What does God say? What does his word say about the yoke that I know that I'm carrying? Research it. Don't be lazy. Hoe down. Get down into the word and eat on it. Eat, 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 eat on it. Because that is how you get fat and that's how, you know, whether it's a financial yoke, whether it's sickness, relationships, failure, depression, worry, the past, anything, if you know there is a yoke on you. If you, I'm sitting here talking and you go, yep, that's a yoke. Oh, yes, I've been putting up with that. Oh, I feel the weight on that. Oh, I've got this. I've had this happen in my life. I've been carrying this. I keep on falling into this sin. That is a yoke. You get the word of God, you pick it up and you apply that word. You get fat on that word, so fat that it is going to burst off you that yoke because it cannot hold you anymore. And that is how the anointing breaks the yoke because the word carries an anointing. You get fat on the word, you get your faith build up. When you build your faith, there is a power of God or the anointing to break that yoke. And that's why the King James says the anointing breaks the yoke because the anointing is in this word. So you get your word, you get fat as on the word, you're bigger on the inside on the out than on the outside, people. We're bigger on the inside, we're fatter, and that will build your faith and that will bring the power of God and that is where things start to happen. And I tell you what, the devil will be running because it says resist the devil and he will flee. How do we resist? We get fat. You get fat. You know, I don't ever want to mess with a sumo wrestler. Do you? Come on now. We don't because he's fat. (laughs) Okay, you're not going to put a yoke on that dude. You know, they're massive. I don't know why they don't wear proper underwear, but they're massive. (laughs) Yeah, and they did, probably because nobody can get him, but anyway, it's like he's fat. You don't want to mess with a fat person. We, we've got to be fat in the spirit, not on the internal organs. I'm going to upset Shara over there, but we're going to get fat in the spirit because then you, are, you are, can't be bound anymore. You try and get a yoke on somebody who is big on the word and fat in, the, in God, you know, you've got stuff. You're not going to get a yoke on that person. They'll just nudge that out of the way. You don't come near me, devil. You don't put your foot in my house. You stay away from my kids. You stay off my finances. You keep your hand off my body. And you try and mess with me and I'm going to hip and shoulder you out of the way. That's what fat means. You have a picture yourself that your spirit is like a sumo wrestler. Don't you mess with me. Don't you mess with my kind. Don't you mess with my church. Don't you mess with my bank account. Don't you mess with anything I put my hand to. That's what fat means. Amen? Come on now, I'm preaching better than I'm getting back from here. That's what fat means. So how do we get fat? I'm going to teach you a couple of things about how we eat. Because Jeremiah 15... (laughs) I'm going to eat, eat, eat. Okay. (laughs) You start with cream. No, we've been good. Okay. That's why Justin calls the gospel the buttery fat of the gospel. That's why he talks about... God's word and what Jesus has given us, like fat, crispy donuts, you know. That's what it is because it's a fatness. It, it's rich. It's everything we need for life and godliness. It's like it's good for us. It's a creamy, creamy fat, you know. And it's not like literally because I'm not allowing, you know, going to give you permission to go and get fat. I'm talking about it's the fat of the gospel. It is so rich. There is so much in it that it sustains us, that it makes us run and not grow weary and walk and not be faint. There is richness in the gospel, the good news. The gospel means good news. There is fat in it for us to last. You know, 
when when a, a mother is pregnant, you know, you know, you know, people talk about childbearing hips. Well, you actually put fat on your hips because then you've, you're going to be able to last the distance of your pregnancy and to be able to feed that baby. That's why you get that. It goes on your hips because you need the fat. If you're in you know non non um, affluent place, you need the fat on your hips to be able to feed that baby. Well, God says, I want to make you fat in your spirit so you are able to run and not grow weary. He wants us fat. As <laughs> funny as that is, Jeremiah fifteen verse sixteen says, "Your words were found, and I ate them." Your words were found and I ate them and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart for I am called by your name. That's Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. Your words were found and I ate them. God actually wants us to eat his words. There's a great difference between finding God's word and just looking at it and eating it. So listen up. This is how we eat. This is how we get fat. Because the only way that yoke will come off is we get so fat on God's word that it breaks off that yoke. You can try every other gymnastics, spiritual gymnastics you want, but the Bible says you get fat and that breaks off the yoke and we get fat on his word. So there's a difference between just looking at God's word and eating it. This is how you eat. You eat and it get, you get the benefit out of it. Eating makes digestion possible and when everything is functioning as normal, the result is health and strength and all the usefulness and joy of living. God wants us to eat. Eat, eat, eat. But eating comes first and it's eating that counts. Now, think about when you're really, really enjoying. Think about your favourite food. Favourite food. All right. Now you stick that in your mouth. Do you just gulp it down? Bolt it down? Wolf it down? Or do you sit there and just chew it and just, this is so good. Oh, I love this. Tell me somebody's favourite food. Joey, what's your favourite food? Lasagna. Is it, is it Jesse's lasagna? No, I won't do it. It's Jesse's lasagna. Jesse's lasagna is really good, by the way. Okay, so you, you stick it. No, he probably does wolf it down. <laughs> Next time, this is how you eat. Okay, I'm going to give a lesson. <laughs> Lots of <laughs> Okay. You might, you might wolf it down because you can get a second helping then, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you stick that lasagna in your mouth and you're just like, this is so good. And you're just savouring the taste and the flavour and it's like, this is awesome. And you just want to remember eating it. All right. So you can get a second helping. And it's like you chew on it and you get the full taste of it. Well, when we read God's word, we had to chew on it. We're to digest it. We're just not meant to hold it down. Oh, I've done that and forget about it. You know, Joey can tell me what what Jesse's starting to taste like. It's good. I like it. I want to go back and get some more because he savoured it and he remembers the taste of it. Why? Because he thought about it when he was eating it. And that's the same when we read God's word and get fat on it, which breaks the yokes in our life, is that we think about it. When you're reading it, just imagine just chewing on it. Just ponder over it, meditate on it, think over it, roll it around in your mind. Just like you would eating food. You think about it, you roll it around, you think about it, what you're eating, and you enjoy it more, don't you? Well, God wants us to do that, to chew on it and then digest it. You know, usefulness and joy in the spiritual life depends on strength and health. And we get strong and healthy when we're eating God's word. 
So it's what kind of word we're eating. Don't just, you know, run, get one little thing and then run off. What kind of word are you eating? And that's why it's so important that you're listening to good stuff. You know, when you go on the internet and you're listening for good, listen to good preachers that build your faith. You know, listen, what sort of word are you listening to? What's the quality? What's the condition of it? Actually, just get good food. The only nourishment for man's soul is in the word of God. 1 Peter 2.2 says, Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. You know, it's okay to start on the easy stuff because if you start on the easy stuff, you look at a baby, they start on the easy stuff, eventually they're eating steak. So don't think, oh, well, I'm not ready to handle that meaty stuff and I just don't understand that. Well, start on the easy stuff. Start on who you are in God and why, how he loves you. If you don't get that down, you're not going to be able to get the meaty stuff. So start at the basics and just chew on that, eat on that, think about that. The more you get of it, the better you'll be and the better and fatter you'll get. You know, I love how our kids were all so fat. They were. They were ridiculously fat. They had, you know, the rolls upon the rolls. You know, what's it, the Michelin Man? They were like that. You know, the... I won't name which one was worst. I can't remember. Actually, it was quite a few. They're all just fat. Anybody seen our babies? They're fat, weren't they? They were like, yeah, they're fat. You know, they'd, you'd sit there and some of blah, 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 blah. You know, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> as soon as they started running around, they, they do. They get fat, don't they, Des? It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, Joshua, you're very getting fat. <laughs> but it's like that. It, God wants us to be like that. He has great delight when we get fat. And it just breaks off things off our life. <laughs> Sharon the healthy nut over there. <laughs> <She's> going, mm. <laughs> All right, so he wants us to eat good food and to make sure you're eating good food and to take time when you eat God's word. Just take time over it. Take time over it and go back for second helpings. All right, hold the word in your mind. Here comes the thought of eating again. Hold the word in your mind like you're holding food in your mouth. This is how you get the full taste of it. Turn it around and around and think of it from this point of view and then that point of view and ask questions about it. Talk to God about it. Look up commentaries about it. Talk to us about it. Talk to your connect group leaders. Talk to others about it. Hey, I read this. What do you think this means? And think about it. Ponder on it. Because when you do that, God will speak to you. That's what it means to eat God's word is to think about it. Don't just run off, I've done that. Yes, you'll get some benefit from that but not as much as God wants you to get from it. So chew on it. The only way to hold the word in your mind really, really strongly is to memorize it. And we go, oh, come on now, you can do this. It's to memorize God's word. It's not hard to do. And when you begin to see the benefit of actually memorizing God's word, you'll go, oh, this is a really good thing to do. So make the task as easy as possible by taking a small portion at a time and write it down in places. We have verses up on in our whiteboard. We have them, I stick them, if I really want to know something, I might stick a note, a sticky note somewhere. I'll write it down or I put it on my phone. Something I'd want to chew over and really get in as I memorise it. You know, the reason I know verses bang, bang, bang is because I've put them to memory. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. You know, or I'm blessed if I come in and blessed as I go out. That's Deuteronomy chapter 28. You know, for God so loved the world. That's John 3.16. You know, and, we, and we, if we just memorize it, Holy Spirit brings up that word when we've put it to memory. And you think, oh, I'm never good at memorizing things. Well, you know, 
who knows their password for their computer or their phone? Do you know your password for your phone? <laughs> no? <laughs> Do you know your password? You know, like, you, you, have you got an alarm on your door? Do you know the alarm for your, your password for your door? All right, so if you can remember that, then you can remember a, verse, a piece of scripture. Do you remember your kids' birthdays? Mums. Do you remember your kids' birthdays? <laughs> Do you remember your anniversary? Husbands, come on now, come on. Please nod at me, somebody. <laughs> you know, it comes up on Facebook. We, we can remember things if we want to. If you're wise, you will remember some things. Won't we? <laughs> what wisdom to remember your wife's birthday and anniversary date. Just a tip. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we have them on the same day. <laughs> yeah. Is that why that was? <laughs> All right. You can memorise things if you put your mind to it. Now, if you understand the importance and the significance of remembering God's word and eating it, that is going to set you free from those things that have been a weight on you all your life, the things that the enemy tries to put on you. If you understand that when you get fat on God's word by remembering it, by thinking about it, by chewing on it, that it's going to set you free because little bit by little bit you're going to get free. It doesn't happen just bang like that usually. You know, you don't put on 10 kilos just like that. Do you? No. Well, 20 kilos then. You don't just put on a massive amount of weight suddenly. It takes time. A little bit. Well, you know, Tracy, it's taken a couple of weeks. It's like it takes time. It takes time to put it on. That mean? That's the same ringtone. Um, It takes time to put on weight and that's the same as it takes time to break off things. You know, you think, oh, this isn't doing any good. Just keep on at it. Little bit by little bit. Those yokes will break off. And I recommend if you know right now sitting here that you've got a yoke, whether it's your finances, whether it's your health, whether it's relationships, whether it's home life, get God's word and and research it out. Come and see us us if you need some help. And research out what does God's word say about this situation because his word is living and alive and active. And he says that he's alert over it to perform what it says. And when you get God's word and you get fat on it, it builds you up and it breaks off yokes. And while you're doing it, if you start to say it out of your mouth, the angels of heaven listen up and it says they hearken to the word of the Lord and they go and do it. So while you're getting fat, talk it out of your mouth because the angels are going to go into action. They're sitting there twiddling their thumbs saying, come on, people, come on, start to speak it out because they listen up and will do what you're saying out of your mouth. So get fat. It's time to break off yokes. So go and get fat on what God says and eat up. And the yokes will break off. It's up to us. Jesus has done everything. He says, who I have set free is free indeed. Now walk out your freedom and shake those things off. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word. And I pray that this word would sink down, that we would eat on this, Lord. That we would just chew over this word I've spoken this morning. That it would not just be something we forget about, like we forgot about last month's dinner. Lord, that it would be like our favourite dinner. 
and that we would chew on this and get hold of this. Lord, I pray that you would bring revelation of people's yokes on their life, Lord, where there's been a weight, where there's been a heaviness that they may have carried all their life. Lord, we just pray that those yokes would be lifted off as we get fat in you, as we take hold of who we are in you, as we take hold of your word, that it would be just living within us and we would get so big and so fat on the inside that it would break off those yokes. I just declare yokes broken off in the name of Jesus, bondages broken off, chains broken, things where there's been sickness and hereditary things, that those things would be broken off in the name of Jesus, where there has been financial lack, that we would get so fat on who we are in you, that you are the Lord who supplies every need, that Lord, you pour an abundance from heaven, that houses would sell for what they've been asked for, Lord, that abundance would come in, that people would buy houses, there would be provision in this place in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray every need met, Lord, as we go to you, as we grab hold of who we are in you, that every yoke would be broken in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Have a great eaty, eaty, fatty, fatty week, people. (laughs) Bless you.